How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed forward here for, uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoe. Shoots, he scores! Oh, through it, finally. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. perfect way to lead this off would be to say that at least one thing that we were hoping for this week came through. I mean, the overall thing of Kings winning games, that happened and is amazing. So first, I'm excited about that. But also, finally, a defenseman has scored a goal, which is something that I asked for. And they got close to five goals, which you asked for, but didn't quite make it there. I mean, it was pretty. It was a pretty big like want, and I was also half in my head being like, "I'll take five for the week." Um, yeah. But <laughs> they reached four twice, four goals twice. Yeah. So and then three goals twice. So you know what? I will. I'll take that. The Kings done good this weekend, and Jake Muzzin's goal was also excellent. Also, I will say that it did seem like they could have had an opportunity to score another empty netter in the Jets game. <laughs> they scored two. They could have just gone for one more and gotten the five goals, but it's okay. We'll let it slide. I'm impressed that they managed to get two. I'm not used to them scoring empty net goals. It just reminds me of that uh, the Sharks game from the playoffs last season uh, when they were in the cage. Oh. <laughs> and... Uh, Dustin Brown and Tanner Pearson both scored, scored empty net goals, and it was just, like, so beautiful to me. Obviously, this doesn't have the same effect, um, but watching Trevor Lewis's empty net goal and, like, in the background, you just see, like, people waiting in the aisles to, like, get out because they're like, oh, this is done. Like, everyone's already filing <laughs> out. And then Trevor Lewis is still hustling and makes, like, a pretty nice, like, little saucer over over someone um into the empty net so that was kind of that was fun yeah it it was it was cool to see and also I feel like everybody on Twitter anyways were still like buzzing about Milan Lucic's goal and like how Toffoli basically made that play happen and then Toffoli got the empty netter so everybody's like buzzing on that and it's like oh by the way Trevor Lewis is at the party (laughs) hey this is amazing. I'm so stoked. There was, yeah, just genuine excitement from a game that was pretty close and pretty back and forth, which I didn't really expect from the Jets for whatever reason, but I haven't actually paid much attention to how they've been playing so far this season. So I don't know why I was expecting something different from that game, but it was actually really uh, tight and fun. I'm glad that the Kings ended up winning it 4-1. I thought they might, you know, pull it out with the 2-1, did not expect the two empty netters, but I'm glad for them. I didn't get to watch the end portion of the game, and it was kind of funny because so I went back and I looked for highlights, and they just kept showing the first two goals, and I was like, why? Like, as highlights, and I was like, why is that? And then I realized, oh, they scored two empty netters, which <laughs> yeah. is the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> like, and, and they've done it before, like, fairly memorably. So, um, yeah, seeing two empty netters in a, in a game was kind of great. I feel like all of the games, maybe with the exception of 
the game against the Hurricanes where the Kings, they were on the second night of a back-to-back. They played kind of sloppy, but they pulled out a 3-0 win. Like, Jonathan Quick got a shutout. That was exciting. But I feel like maybe of these four games, the shutout was somehow the least exciting because the other ones were either against a team like the Sharks and the Kings kind of, you know, they were on the road. It was their first road game. They kind of felt like they had to redeem themselves after the home opener disaster. Um, They did really well. Tyler Toffoli scored that crazy goal against Martin Jones, (laughs) which was great. And then you have the ridiculousness that was the end of that Edmonton Oilers game. And even like to talk about during <laughs> that game, which was absurd, which, yeah, I guess we'll talk about that. Just everything about that game was excellent. And then this game against the Jets, which was just a good tight game and then kind of got funny at the end. So it's been like in a, not only a, a week of winning, but a really eventful, kind of hilarious week of winning also. So I have nothing but good things to say about the Kings, for the most part, this week. I'm real stoked. I'm real glad. It would, I mean, obviously it helps that the Kings won the four games that, you know, of the past week-ish. But yeah, it's just been very fun. I feel like I've laughed a lot during the games, you know, whether it's due to like great on-ice things or just uh, broadcasting things or off-ice shenanigans or whatever it is. It's just been a very entertaining set of games and Mm -hmm. after the like three game slog of like the very beginning of the season um we were trying to be optimistic then um but it was still kind of a downer so now that this is here it's really lifted my spirits those first three games are interesting i mean we tried to be optimistic like in our writing and stuff but also like on twitter during those games i was having plenty of fun like making fun of how terrible they were to start the season uh just because it was kind of unexpected they didn't have a bad preseason so it was like all of a sudden losing and really noticeably i did appreciate all of the jokes the other day because they had lost the first three one four so everybody was like they reverse swept the regular season (laughs) i appreciated that so lots of humor even in the moments of disappointment and now everybody's just kind of like at a high right now um it's it was three zero will probably never get old for me i don't know it's just (laughs) in like any instance whatsoever okay so let's go back so the kings play the edmonton oilers it is their first matchup against Connor mcdavid and you know all of the changes that the oilers have made thus far there was that moment the thing on the broadcast they kept talking about was how like the kings just weren't prepared for the speed of Connor mcdavid which fine that first goal that um who scored it? Was it Yakupov? I forget now. But the one that he had the pass to. Oh, it might have been Pouliot. Anyway, McDavid did have a great play. But I feel like what would have been crazier was the scrambling from every king on the ice at the very end of the game. And the goal that probably should have been a tying goal from Connor McDavid. But made all of us hold our breath. And then Kings fans got sort of the... Uh, the benefit on that one. That was insane. That was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think we both agreed that that was probably a goal, but without a, a shadow of a doubt is, is kind of the NHL's mantra there. So you couldn't technically see if the entire puck had gone over the line. So we'll take it. Like there were, there were so many angle investigations after that on Twitter <laughs> yeah. and just throughout the blogosphere. It was 
so fantastic. And I mean, I, we're laughing now, but I was definitely at one point, like my fate, my nose was right against the screen, just being like, okay, I think, is that a shadow? Is that someone's glove? Like, I think that's the puck. Do I see white in there? Like, it, it was just everyone trying to break it down and then bringing out that, um, video from the Ducks Flames game last year about parallax. Um, angles and stuff like that. It was just, there was so much happening for just like this one goal in a game that's what, like the eighth game of the season or something like that? Yeah, not Um, even an important game. (laughs) It's October. Like, this game has zero importance. It's not like, oh, it would have been Connor McDavid's first goal or anything like that. It was just so much hype over, (laughs) over this one goal. It was, I mean, it was because it was right at the end of the game, like the Oilers would have tied it and it would have gone into overtime. And because it was a Connor McDavid goal and it would have been a highlight real goal. Uh, So I, I, even though we all know that it was probably over the line, I am going, I am like so selfishly like, thank friggin' goodness the like recaps and things that people wrote and like the TV highlights are like, what we're saying basically like this thing that probably should have been a goal but actually now will not be an Eddie Connor McDavid highlight reels necessarily without that caveat of it was waved off because I can't I said this to you yesterday but like one of my least favorite things is how when you go searching for Kings like classic Kings games in the NHL vaults it's mostly like games where people have done really cool things while playing (laughs) against the LA Kings and I just don't need any more of those moments. So thanks, random ref who called it a no goal on the ice, and then they couldn't overturn that call definitively. Thank you for preventing that. You <laughs> the you the real MVP because otherwise <laughs> yeah. there would just be another yeah another notch in the like Kings being. Not terrible, just, like, people doing great things during their game. Like, that doesn't right. need to be, you know, we don't need to have more of that. We've had yeah. ye- like we've it, had years of that. <laughs> yeah, like, in the past, I think a lot of those highlights are because the Kings were not the greatest team, so it was easy for people to, like, dazzle and have these highlight real moments against them, or easier. Um, that's not really the case now, but I also just don't, I feel like, you know, Connor McDavid will score a lot. He still has plenty opportunity to score against the Kings again this season. <laughs> Just I'm glad that one will not be included. I don't need that in my life right now, selfishly. I wish you all the best, Connor McDavid. <laughs> It'd be <laughs> so no. great if, like, I know a lot of people obviously have high hopes for him and want him to score, what is that, like 50 goals this season or something like that? Like, that's what's projected oh. of him. Please let him score 49. <laughs> Just missed the mark slightly. Like, like at the at the end of the season, let him have just scored forty nine, and then this could have been the one. Oh, it would yeah. it would make make it would make my heart sing. And I like Connor McDavid for the record. I very much like Connor McDavid. But oh yeah, totally. Like I mean, it's not like people are lying when it's like he's really good and he's really fun to watch. He's a you know interesting dynamic player. I just don't need to see his interesting dynamic plays against my favorite team. <laughs> <laughs> I fully acknowledge there's no rationale in this. <laughs> I'm just being a homer. So anyway, Kings win that game in regulation. I mean, the thing is, even if he had scored that goal, they go to overtime. Even if they lose, they still get a point. But they got the two points, which I like. 
I don't, it, yeah, it's just like hard to find any complaints. Oh, Jonathan Quick, actually. I mean, it was a cool save. Yeah, like the fact that he was able to catch that puck at all from that distance that quickly was impressive. Um, and I feel overall, though, like because probably technically it should have counted as a goal, it's hard to sort of pinpoint that as like, wow, that was amazing for Jonathan Quick. But it was really just kind of like a drop in like the last week of games or so that he's played where he has been really great. Yeah, he was fantastic. And there was a spectacular save that he made during the Jets game tonight as well. Like full splits, the whole deal. And yeah, he's been in pretty, pretty fine form. And also the Kings are scoring goals to back him up. So it's a nice, nice things are happening for the Kings right now. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it was before tonight's game, um, the TSN broadcast mentioned that in or since the Kings have been winning, and this was before the game, so I don't know exactly what the numbers are now because I haven't done that math, but they were saying that he had um, like .99 goals against because of the shutout. So it was like not even quite a goal against. Like if people score, it was you'd maybe get a goal. Like the Oilers scored two goals. Um, officially. And that was like the most that we've seen in the last few games. He's been really great. I mean, like when, you know, after the first three games, he was sub 900. Now his save percentage is 928. He is, he was third star of the week. Um, He's turned it around and it's exciting. But uh, like you said, those first couple games when they were winning like two, two, one in one of them, it was like Jonathan Quick keeping the minute. They they were not they were sloppy, like I said, against the Hurricanes. Jonathan Quick kept the minute. But for the most part, it's sort of been like a team effort of Guys are producing on the front end, mostly Tyler Toffoli and Jeff Carter. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. The the and dynamic father and son duo that is <laughs> yeah. Jeff Carter and Tyler Toffoli. Right. Uh, but also Jonathan Quick on the back end has also, you know, kept them in it when they've been sloppy and then um, main, helped them maintain leads when they get them. That that point nine nine goals against is just that Connor McDavid goal. <laughs> Sorry, that Connor McDavid yeah. no goal. Point nine nine percent of that went in. Probably, Thanks. but the point one uh, or 0.01 really matters. I'll take it. I like it. It looks sexier on paper. <laughs> also, speaking of the Oilers game, we have to talk about Bob Miller. Um, yeah. Because usually we're used to Jim Fox kind of saying the, the sexual innuendo type things. Um, his constant use of the word penetration is puzzling. Um, <laughs> I understand what he means, but sometimes I wish he were more like Doc Emmerich, where he has like synonyms for every single like verb that he uses, or <laughs> you now like he is a walking thesaurus. I'm pretty sure um, Jim Fox could use a little bit of that because um, he's constantly saying things that sound suggestive. Uh, but Bob Miller just went full and said the words eight or eight inches of shaft in his hand and i was like oh (laughs) the craziest thing about that i mean other than that story but the fact that it was a prepared story it wasn't even like something he told off the cuff during the broadcast like or the run of play it was a story he prepared for just before the second period glad you really wanted to remind people of that blooper moment for you. Yeah. We all really appreciated it. Yeah, the fact that he remembered that it was a blooper from before and then just continued to like rehash that for people who maybe didn't know <laughs> yeah. prior. It was it was an interesting choice, but the the wince at the end was probably my favorite. Oh, uh, it was basically like that emoji, like that wincing. It really perfect. was. 
That yeah, that was amazing. That whole broadcast, like Loki, give it an Emmy for being an amazing comedy episode. Um, it was full of Jim and Bob just being kind of funny together. Taylor Hall boarded Andre Kopitar, which, by the way, watch your back, Taylor. You're on. You're on our shit list for sure. Yeah, you're on notice. Uh, after that, and then Kopitar kind of took it, took some frustration out against Pouliot, I believe. I, I don't remember if it was exactly like Kobatar and gotten hit, but it was kind of like, all right, I'm just going to push this guy. <laughs> Working out his anger. And the like Oilers fans got upset and Bob was like, now when Kobatar got knocked down, they were not this upset. Like he was very sassy the whole broadcast. I quite enjoyed it. Jim Fox being like assist of the game to Andre. I'm never going to say his name right. Andy Andrioff. I really had to think about that one <laughs> um, for getting his butt off the ice. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> that was he, it, like he tried to very delicately be like, you know, sometimes it's great when players know when other players should be on, or you know, that's like, <laughs> what's the best situation? Is if you leave and let someone better come on the ice. Assist of the game to Andy Andrioff. Um, <laughs> the way he kind of like tiptoed around that was pretty great. I love it. I want to know like why that was the thought, <laughs> why that was what they were going for. But yeah, assist of the game. Andre, I was I was about to do the same thing. <laughs> Who cares what his name is? Andy Andrea for knowing when to GTFO. Amazing work. <laughs> Speaking of that guy and like not being on the ice, like no offense, he he's actually been fine in some games, but I want to see Jordan Wheel play. That's probably the thing I'm upset about and Actually, shout out to somebody who wrote us after we told people that you can email us. We like it. Even though they were like, I want Jordan Wheel to play so he can get traded. I don't want him to get traded, but I do want Jordan Wheel to play. I was also kind of bummed because we went to a rain game this weekend. And Mm -hmm. um, because he was like up with the Kings, we couldn't see him play with the rain. And I was like, give me something. I would like to see that boy on the ice. Yeah, I just want to watch Jordan Wheel play hockey. He's really fun. He's foiled at all at all corners. Actually, we should take a minute and talk about our experience at the rain game. It was the first one either of us have seen. I had a great time. I thought it was a lot of fun. That is a very big and nice arena for the middle of Ontario. One. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with that. It looks very nice on the outside. Um, it's nice on the inside, too, but it just looks like very imposing, I guess. Um, but I was like here in Ontario this is happening but it was cool <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know what was going in my head on in my head it was like I had never been to Ontario which is not actually true I've at least been to the airport out there so I know it's not bumfuck nowhere but I think in my mind I was still sort of expecting that to be the case and then when we got there I was like oh it's a real building <laughs> it's an cool. actual city there's like a huge mall right next to it um <laughs> yeah and I, too, have been to Ontario and only the airport. Uh, so <laughs> that was kind of a surprise. But we, I, not accidentally, but just, like, happened to be third row um, during this. Like, it obviously wasn't a, a full game, but it was just, like, very close to what was happening. And we had some characters sitting around us um, trying to throw their phones into the or not throw them, but, like, ask players who had just gotten penalties to take their phones and use it to take a selfie mid-game, mm-hmm. mid-penalty, was a little bit bizarre. No offense, but I'm pretty sure some of the people who go to Ontario Rain Games regularly are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
they seem insane. <laughs> and so some of them, it was like, we just want to be like, please chill, <laughs> actually. Tone it down, let them focus. We want them to win. They got to sit and think about their penalty, but then they got to get right back on the ice. But but for the most part, like the game itself was a lot of fun. The rain are really good. Got to see Adrian Kempe for the first time, and he's, of course, a very recent draft pick. Um, got to see Valentin Zikoff, who I adore. So I was excited to see him play live. You were like finally. excited that he got a penalty because we were sitting right behind yeah. the penalty box, and so we could just look at him. I guess <laughs> was the whole <laughs> yeah. was the whole point of this. <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen him in like practices, and I think he might have been in one of the rookie games that I saw. But I he's fun. I like him. He, <laughs> I'm really excited about him being. I also think he's like a character in his in the interviews because he's very no nonsense. So it was exciting for me to actually watch him play in a full game that mattered for points. We both were surprised by how Michael Mersh looks in real life. <laughs> Okay, Michael Mersh is, he wears number 27 for the rain, and at least right now, with his helmet on, looks a lot like Alec Martinez, which is one of the best compliments we could give to someone. (laughs) Yeah. It's so disorienting, because in pictures, like, the way he photographs his jaw looks bigger, and like, you know, Alec Martinez has a very thin face, but in person, yeah, Michael Mersh looks very reminiscent of Alec Martinez. They look like they kind of have the same face shape. It's intense, but also kind of amazing. It was it was pretty great. Like he photographs a bit like Andreoff with the yeah. like jawline, but in real life looks like a bit like Alec Martinez. Which best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> I cuz I don't think like Andreoff is like not a bad-looking dude to me. So it could like even though he I don't know, none of them really photograph great. But in real life to look like Alec Martinez, the most beautiful LA king, you're a winner. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> um, so I was very low-key excited about Justin Auger. Um, not for anything that he really did on the ice. He did get a penalty, so I, you know, we got to look at him for a bit. But more like everything, like when songs were playing and he was like getting ready uh, for like a face-off or, or whatever, he was just like grooving along to whatever song that was going, like whatever rock song was happening. It was, it was pretty funny. And <laughs> at one point, um, Mersh blocked a shot with his skate. And it was, it was the end of the period, so he was kind of just like, limping off a little bit or just like not putting a lot of pressure on his leg um and auger made the most delight it's like delighted like ooh, that looks like it hurt and then just like gave him this huge manic grin about it and it was just so charming <laughs> that i was like i know nothing about you but you're cool i like you uh, speaking of noticing people smiling um ray emery who wasn't in goal um Peter Budai was in goal, but I had forgotten that Ray Emery was on the rain. And so there was one point where I looked over at their bench since we were across from it and I noticed him smiling. And then I had like this simultaneous realization of, oh, that's Ray Emery, <laughs> who just looked delighted. I mean, as is his nature, which a lot of people know, just looks delighted when chaos is happening on the ice. There was a fight at one point. He looked like he enjoyed it. <laughs> um, I just had forgotten that he was going to be in the vicinity. Yeah. So that was fun, too. Yeah, he, like, definitely leaned a little bit more forward over the boards every time some little scrap <laughs> yeah. happened because um, it, it it wasn't as, like, 
tetchy as some of the King's games can get when, you know, people kind of interfere with Jonathan Quick. But there was a, a lot of jostling after the whistle on both ends of the ice when it came to, like, the goaltenders and stuff like that. So, but every time you look over and suddenly Ray Emery is just, like, leaning a little bit more forward being like, oh, what's going on here? Is there a fight? Should I jump over? Like, is it is it just going to be a full-out brawl? Uh, it was it was pretty fun. So I'm excited to see more of the rain, and I'm excited to see a couple of them come up to the Kings. Like, the bottom six for the Kings is having trouble scoring. So I would like to see, like, bring Mersh up at some point. Um, also let Jordan Wheel play <laughs> again. It was cool to see that there's things happening down there, and some of those guys are doing interesting things. And to then think about what it would be like if slash when they eventually make the NHL roster. Yeah, that'll be fun. But yeah, it was overall a very good time at the rain. Um, definitely will go back soon. Um, okay, so on the Kings, speaking of the juggling of the lines and the bottom six having a problem, they've moved guys around a little bit, namely Brown and Gabrick. They've sort of rotated in and out of the top line to the third line and whatnot. Fun fact, which I didn't realize until I was actually looking at the numbers, despite how offensive-minded Tyler DeFoley and Jeff Carter are, the Kings player with the most shots on goal is Dustin Brown. He has been having a lot more opportunities. Like, even that Jake Muzzin goal from today was because of that failed Dustin Brown shot. You know, so he's been very active in front of the net. Yeah, he has three assists, so I'm like, the goals have got to come at some point. I think he's been... I, I don't know. I think he's been really interesting to watch play so far. Um, it seems like he's also gotten back to doing something that it seemed like he was kind of known for for a while, which was making sure that he parks himself in front of the goaltender, which was the case on Tanner Pearson's goal, the late goal that put the Kings ahead against the Oilers. Dustin Brown was the one right in front of the goaltender, and Tanner Pearson grabbed a rebound and popped it through on the power play. So... You know, I, I want to see. I like his hustle so far. I like that he is getting all the shots on goal, and I can't wait for some of them to start going in. It's only a matter of time. What's the yeah. uh, What's the Kings PDO like right now? The PDO. Um, so because of how well Jonathan Quick is playing now, and because um, obviously in the one game that Enroth was in, he was good, and they've actually in the last few games scored goals. Their PDO is actually like it's like one point zero or something so it's pretty much normal nice. but strangely even though their pdo has like put them back to you know they're playing pretty normally their shooting percentage is still low and even low for you know what the kings were doing like last season so right now at even strength their shooting percentage is 6.36 um and we have to like remember that that is after tonight where they scored a couple of empty net goals <laughs> so slightly boosted even though the kings are playing really well right now and winning games it's kind of crazy to think if like dustin brown's goals go in if barry and gabrick gets more goals like the kings could be even more terrifying to play against well once again this is always the thing no one's going to be firing at all. Like, the entire team isn't going to be firing at all cylinders all at once. So yeah. we're sitting here hoping for Dustin Brown and Marion Gabrick to, you know, score some more goals. Obviously, like, things, the lines are kind of, you know, working a little bit better now. But then who's to say that, you know, Tyler Toffoli will stop his crazy tear or something like that? Because last season it was Pearson who just, like, went crazy. Um, yeah. And but it was mostly just for the month of October because then he got injured. But yeah, so who knows if that's going to, 
like how much that's going to boost the Kings. Obviously, I want everyone to be scoring goals and for Jonathan Quick to be great at the same time, but it always slightly not concerns me, but I'm always just like slightly wary of the fact that okay, so now someone else is scoring goals. What's going on with everyone else? Yeah, for sure. It does seem like that's sort of what plagues the Kings. It's like only one or two people are ever hot at one time and everybody else is really inconsistent. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Also, I feel like one thing to keep in mind too is the Kings still have an opportunity to to juggle with that lineup more because Dwight King is still out. Um, not that Dwight King scores a lot of goals, but he definitely changes a dynamic of lines. And if put in the right combination of people, seems to, I think, really fit into the, whatever role he's taking really well and sort of set guys up enough to try to get goals or scoring chances or whatever. So I don't know what could happen there, too, if having him back in the lineup helps with the bottom six, because I'm assuming that he's going to go on the third line. Maybe, you know, the same way they've rotated between top line and third line, uh, might see some time with Kopitar again or something. I don't know, depending on who's scoring, who isn't scoring. So the Kings offense is really interesting. But at the same time, I'm not as worried about it as, you know, maybe in seasons past. I mean, actually, last season, they ended up with a shooting percentage that I think was not terrible. So they could be fine. They could be average. I never expect them to shoot like crazy at any point. But I think the Kings have a pretty good opportunity, particularly if they allow more offensive guys like Jordan Wheel to get into the lineup if they bring up someone like Michael Marsh. Like, they have an opportunity to really um, really do find that balance and get that shooting percentage up and be, like, as terrifying as they have the potential to be, and which they've shown they can be even in this, like, very small window, even though right now, like like we've talked about, it's mostly Jeff Carter and Tyler Toffoli putting in work, and obviously Milan Lucic because he's on the yeah, line with it's, it's pretty... I'm pretty optimistic for everything. Like, the Kings have all of the pieces there. You know, it's just mm-hmm. trying to find the right balance, like, who to who to give a chance to. Like, I, I really do want to see Mersh come and, like, you know, not that I want anyone to get injured or anything like that, but I would like to see him have an opportunity to, to show show his worth on the, on the Kings. Um, Me too. But, yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting because I think it's more – there's more opportunity for young players to get in there and for, like, the bottom six to be shuffled around this season more so than any other season recently. Um, so that's going to be kind of exciting to see. Um, okay, so I feel like we've touched on it a little bit, but now we do have to take a moment to talk about Tyler DeFoley and Jeff Carter and how amazing they are. <laughs> They're amazing. They're great. <laughs> They're so good. It is they they've been so good for the kings um both in like setting up great goals f- usually for each other um or uh, just like unassisted just grabbing holds and taking care of the team basically um they've been just excellent jeff carter had a four point night Yes. Was it the Sharks game? Yes. Amazing. (laughs) He (laughs) is so good. Also, with Matt Green out, Jeff Carter has been wearing the A. So I am all about Jeff Carter, alternate captain, who is driving offense. Jeff Carter is so wonderful. I, and I mean, we've talked about it, you know, I'm really excited about the way that he came to the Kings and just seems to up his level. And... I, I don't know. Like, that guy is so he, – he just seems – he's been consistent while he's been on the Kings. He's been exciting. He was able to 
because I remember when Tyler Toffoli first came up and they asked him sort of what are the directives the Kings have given you and whatnot. And what he said in some of those first interviews was they told me to watch Jeff Carter and pretty much be like him. And so I, I like that it definitely seemed like they put Jeff Carter in this kind of mentorship role. And then when Jeff Carter was given the opportunity to be a center, he excelled at that, you know, put back into being a center because he had been a winger on the Kings. He excelled at that. And now him and Toffoli have this really great chemistry and this really great rapport. It's just really exciting to see sort of the franchise enact that plan and to see it continue to blossom Jules from the Crown uh, posted a piece about how their comparable or their best comparable is like the triplets in Tampa Bay. And even they're outscoring, you know, what those guys are doing. And those guys, that line is amazing to watch. So I'm, it's just great times constantly watching <laughs> Jeff Carter and Tyler Toffoli. They're great. I'm so happy for Jeff Carter. I'm so happy for Tyler Toffoli. And I'm like, please continue. I can't get enough of it. I'll take it all. Yeah, the two of them are bringing me the greatest amount of joy. And I love that Tyler Toffoli is really blossoming. Um, but I also still love that, you know, when the Kings got Jeff Carter from the Blue Jackets, it's like, oh, well, maybe you guys can do something with him. You know, he just, like, didn't yeah. seem to fit in, like, seemed upset. You know, whatever. I'm like, he's he's doing just fine. And hasn't gone downhill. Like, he is just, in any role that he's placed in whether like on ice off the ice like now he's wearing the a the whole deal it's just like he is doing so well i'm so happy about him yeah me too i i mean it's like i don't know it feels contagious also because he whenever he does interviews and stuff he always seems more and more comfortable um being someone that they go to to talk about things and and comfortable with this team and in southern california and that's exciting to me i like people when it seems like they're having a good time and enjoying themselves and also enjoying success and he has been doing that for the last few years and now also tyler Toffoli is there um you know up in his game constantly even though it always seems like daryl sutter or somebody in that franchise has like some slightly they don't cut him down necessarily but it's just like weirdly side-eye type of comments like Daryl Sutter, there was a quote earlier today that Lisa Dillman tweeted that was uh, where Sutter said, like, Jeff Carter makes Tyler Toffoli go. Um, It's clear that Jeff Carter's speed or something like that benefits Tyler Toffoli, where it's like, you can't just give Tyler Toffoli his props. He's pretty good. (laughs) We we understand he's on a streak right now and he's not going to be scoring at 31%, you know, have a 31% shooting percentage forever. But the dude has also proved over the last couple of years that he's pretty good. Daryl, he's pretty good. I feel like he's just taunting Tyler Toffoli at this point. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, he knows how much everybody loves him and that he's, he doesn't want it to go to his head. Yeah. He's like, you're all right. You're all right. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it real with Daryl Sutter all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I love Jeff Carter doing his interviews just because, once again, with him just like enjoying and feeling more comfortable because... He still is like on a, a no teeth kick and just never wears them, is always oh, looking sure. just like super jolly about everything. That's the biggest indicator that Jeff Carter is comfortable on the Kings in Southern California and with who he is as a person is that he abandoned those teeth. <laughs> he is done. He's like, I got nothing but unconditional love here. These people appreciate me for who I am. And that's a dude with no front teeth. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Everyone has, like, abandoned their teeth. Like, Drew Dowdy is just, like, gap-tooth <laughs> yeah. as well. 
Dustin Brandt, like everyone is just like, we're just going to rock it. Like that's how much of a leader Jeff Carter is. I guess Dustin <laughs> Brown too, you know, like everyone just follows, <laughs> follows the lead in that locker room. Just get your teeth knocked out. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll still love you here. Um, mm-hmm. Be free. It's fine. And it's true. I do love you, Jeff Carter. You've got nothing but love from me. Keep doing what you're doing. I like it. I'm currently wearing my Jeff Carter shirt right now. Nice. That's how we roll around here. Okay, because the Kings have scored so many goals, I mean, as a Kings fan, it feels like so many. (laughs) So many, Um, though. And a lot of interesting goals. Can you pick a favorite? My favorite is going to be most likely Tyler Toffoli's goal against Martin Jones, just because of how nice it looked and the whole they were slash are whatever best buds. And after that, like, stop that Martin Jones made on Tyler Toffoli in game one, Tyler Toffoli comes back and is like, in your face, I could definitely score on you, was delicious. So um, I think that one might be my favorite goal. Do you think he banked that shot off the net on purpose? Does it matter? (laughs) (laughs) Not really. Like, who cares? But it was a debate (laughs) that I saw going around. (laughs) Like, okay, so if he did... Wow, props. Like, that's some cool shit right there. If he didn't, wow, that's some great reflexes and, like, foresight that he had there. He still made that goal. It's still awesome. I, I would I would kind of believe it either way. If it was an accident and he just had great reflexes, I believe it. But if he did bank it off the net, like, cool. Because, because I've seen Tyler Toffoli plenty of times try to bank stuff off the goalie from behind the net or something or at the goal line before he's a smart shooter he's got a talent for it so he thinks about ways to get pucks into the net um and they don't always work out but he can get creative if you let him and uh so if it was if it was intentional i'd believe that too but i don't know either way like you said he scored and it was awesome i am tempted to i loved that goal and i'm tempted to pick another tyler defoley goal but for the sake of variety i will say my favorite goal was actually was that Tanner Pearson go-ahead goal against the Oilers because it reminded me that Tanner Pearson is back. <laughs> I believe literally it forgot it. That, forgot it. Literally forgot that he existed until he scored that goal. I didn't forget <laughs> that he existed. Just like you know, with Tyler Toffoli doing his thing, Jeff Carter too. It was like, oh yeah, Pearson. And I mean, he's had a couple of chances where he's followed up on rebounds and stuff. But it seemed like with all the goals, with most of the goals that he scored um, before he got injured last season, it was like him being the guy right on the rebounds, picking it up before other people did, um, and just, you know, being quick enough to get it done. Like, the goaltender lost sight of where the puck went. Dustin Brown had lost sight of where that puck went when it bounced out. Um, a couple, It seemed like a couple other players, too, but Tanner Pearson was like, just kidding, I'm right here, I got it, it's in the net now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I came to love about watching him, was just, like, the way he would jump on those rebounds right in the slot, put them where they need to be, and it was like, oh, yeah, Tanner Pearson's back, he's healthy, what's up? I missed you, guy. <laughs> Especially with how often we complain about the fact that the Kings never ever have someone in front of the net um yeah. and uh tanner pearson excels at putting his butt there um it's very exciting because that's just like a whole nother sort of like subset of goals the kings often or like opportunities at least that the kings often don't capitalize on but 
you know, with Pearson back and, well, I mean, everyone's kind of, you know, putting themselves in front of the net, the net a little bit more, but Pearson does it a lot and does it well. Um, that could definitely be cause for a little goal bump. So to veer off a little bit, because we've talked about forwards and stuff, let's talk about defensemen. So 30 Thoughts had, their L.A. Freeman had like this mention that was saying that the Kings are looking for one or two defensemen because they're not happy with the mix of guys that they have. Do you have any feelings about the defense core for the Kings right now? Do you think that they might be looking just because they're not really sure what is happening with Matt Green? We haven't really had any updates on what's going on there. Um, I think that... They probably aren't happy, but they're also just testing the waters whether or not anything actually comes of it. Um, I feel like they're just shaking a few trees, seeing what, you know, shakes loose. Um, And if they think that it would work and it's just they can afford it and it's something else that they can, you know, use to tinker with what's going on with the defense, then Mm -hmm. they could. I mean, it it kind of goes either way for me because it's not terrible what's happening like it's not like the king's defense isn't falling apart or anything like that they they could be fine for a while but i mean if the kings can get something better for something reasonable then i don't see why not my fear is i think the king i don't here's what i don't want to happen i don't want them to panic because they don't like the feeling of having a younger defense core and go out and get somebody who ends up being like another Robin Regeer just because he's an older veteran type. I think their defense core is younger and it, you know, it might seem like, you know, guys like McNabb and are prone to mistakes still. And we all know like Jake Muzzin sometimes can be amazing and then have like really visible mess ups. But I think for the most part, like, all of those guys are good. I like that mix of dudes. I think McBain and Schultz can plug in there long enough for Matt Green to get healthy. I'm not really worried about them. So I just don't want them to be too hasty. And maybe like, maybe you're right and they're just sort of just testing it, seeing what's out there. They're not really going to make a move. But I hope they don't. I don't want them to panic. I don't think they should have panicked the way that they did in 2013. I don't think they needed Robin McGeer, even though that seems like a good dude. Like, I don't think they needed him. And I don't want them to make that kind of move again. Um, so hopefully it nothing changes too hastily. That's true that the Kings are very dependent on their heavy defense. And so I can see why the lack of you know, um, older defensemen, experienced defensemen might be frightening because that's kind of like the core of what they do. Um, But, you know, those defensemen have been in the King system for a while. So, you know, you got to you got to let them shine eventually. And it might as well be now. But you're right. Like, hopefully they don't make anything make any hasty moves that are just end up being a detriment and responding to something that isn't like the hugest of problems right now, you know? Yeah. Like this isn't like when the Kings weren't scoring anything at all. So they needed to get a goal score. Like, you know, this could be improved, but it's not any sort of dire situation. Yeah. It's also October 27th. I think that is a point in their favor too, is usually they don't make too many early mid-season or early to mid-season moves like usually they will just wait until the deadline and you know right now the kings are winning again so it doesn't really matter so i'm not too worried but i am like i hope it doesn't get to a point where like the kings 
go through their winter slump again, and then it's like, oh, we got to get a defenseman at the deadline. I just don't want to see them make a bad move um, because I think they've actually got a pretty good thing going. And like as these guys play together, they will figure out what really works and find that chemistry and gel and things could continue to be good. I mean, the Kings are still a great possession team and stuff so far. They have had some defensive blunders and whatnot, and you can tell guys are still adjusting. But I don't know. I, I don't have a whole lot of complaints about what they're doing. To me, like, the biggest complaint is I think they need to bring more scores into the bottom six forwards. <laughs> That's my complaint. Not really anything to do with defense. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make too many sudden moves. They're, like, currently top in the division, you know, scoring goals, doing all right. So I, th- I think we'll be okay. They're top in the division. <laughs> How amazing. And do you know who's at the bottom? The Ducks. What a word. Oh, speaking of um, it was 3-0, never getting old. How about the Ducks scoring three goals in the first period in tonight's game against the Stars and then losing 4-3. In regulation. (laughs) They didn't even make it to overtime. How? They are having a rough start. What is their record? Like one? They've won one game. One one 6-2 or something. I think they lost one in the shootout and one in overtime. It's bad. They've scored nine goals. And like you mentioned, three of those were in this game that they still lost. (laughs) There was that amazing slash devastating gif of Bruce Boudreaux, just like the slow zoom in on his completely blank face. Yeah. Oh, that was sad. (laughs) I I like Bruce Boudreaux. I do too. (laughs) So I feel feel bad for him. Even It's like hard to make jokes about the Ducks, really, because I feel bad for that coach. Also because I have Ryan Getzlaff on my fantasy team and now he's hurt. <laughs> Not to make it all about me, but them struggling has hurt me. <laughs> um, also, I hope that dude gets well. He has like appendicitis, which sounds terrible. Uh, yeah, it's crazy that they're at the bottom. We predicted that that they would be, that they would win the division again. And so far, they have proved us horribly wrong. It's still early, but I thought that they would get off to a roaring start. I really did. Yeah, yeah. That is not the case. Also, Calgary, their luck seems to have dried up very quickly. It really has. That's another uh, group of people that I had some of them on my fantasy team not doing me a lot of favors. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't mind emotionally because I'm really enjoying this period where the Kings are at the top of the division and because they're playing well for the most part rather than it's just lucky. But also my fantasy needs. (laughs) Who has Tyler Toffoli on their team in our league? I don't know. I don't don't remember. Some lucky person who isn't me. I know. Ugh. (laughs) The Ducks have the lowest shooting percentage in the entire NHL right now. Like, we're used to the Kings being pretty low. And like I mentioned already, the Kings still have room to grow there. But the Ducks' shooting percentage is 3.57%. That's an all- it's abysmal. <laughs> How do you do that? It has to turn around. It will turn around at some point, but it has been fascinating to see play out so far. It's it's easy to kind of poke fun at it now because there's no way that it's going to last like this. Not for the Ducks. Like, for the Blue Jackets, maybe. But um, for the Ducks, I'm sure that they will bounce back. But in the meantime, it is 
it is definitely like a study into how this is happening. And I mean, don't the Blue Jackets at this point have more wins than the Ducks? Because didn't they just win today? I believe they so, do have more wins than the Ducks. That's rough. <laughs> that's a rough going. And then on the flip side of that, the Montreal Canadiens just finally today finally lost a game. <laughs> they were they had the opportunity to go 10 and 0 to start the season which would have made them like the third team in NHL history to do that, I believe, third or fourth or something like that. Uh which would have been amazing, but the Canucks prevented it. Carey Price is human. And it was weird too because actually for the through the first four or so games, they had like really good possession numbers and stuff. It was like, oh, oh my God, like are Mon- the Montreal Canadiens, are they just like a good team this season? Um, but now they've sort of dropped back down to reality in terms of the possession and whatnot. So we'll see what happens. But they were winning a bunch. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. I thought that they would make the 10. Um, but, and they lost like something like 5-1 or something like that. Yeah. They couldn't um, take the pressure. So, yeah, it wasn't even by, like, a little. They they really just straight up lost it. <laughs> um, someone else with only one – going back to, like, people who aren't good. Um, someone else with only one win currently, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, right. I haven't even paid attention to them now that Phil Castle isn't on that team, yeah. to be honest. Although I've heard, like, positive stuff about their underlying – I haven't really looked at it, but I've heard it seems like all those analytics guys who are actually Maple Leafs fans are, like, there are positive things here because of Babcock and stuff. So things are – they don't quite have the talent on their team, but they're setting an okay – some okay habits, I think, yeah. is what it seems like. Uh, but, yeah, not winning, though. Yeah. I mean, they still – they've got four points. Um, the Penguins have started to win, but they have been struggling to score goals consistently. It's been kind of weird, the start of this NHL season. You know, it, you know, a, a time when the LA Kings are on a six-game win streak and teams that are known for offense aren't, aren't winning as much <laughs> as, or scoring as much. It's very strange. It's okay, because winter is coming, and we know that's the time when the Kings don't score any goals. So <laughs> we're just hoarding all of the wins, ends. hoarding all the wins, hoarding all the goals until we hibernate for the winter. Oh, speaking of records, too, but a positive one for the Kings, is they have started 3-0 and on the road, which last season they got a, fl- a lot of flack for being a bad road team, supposedly, even though I feel like those records are kind of random. But anyway... They got flack for it. They're 3-0. and This is apparently the second time, I believe, in franchise history that they have done that, won the first three games on the road, which is crazy. So uh, congratulations on exceeding your own expectations. I love the um, the records that the current iteration of the Kings beat just because of how awful they were before that it's like yeah. fairly easy <laughs> to kind of up the their past selves you won a game in the first week of october you beat the records of like every single king's team in the past you know bajillion years um yeah but yeah so it's always kind of fun hearing the kings breaking a record and then you like actually read what the record was and you're like oh I mean, good for them, but that's not as impressive. It's kind of like a double whammy of like, I didn't realize how, just how bad <laughs> or how unlucky they were in some of these arbitrary things. The fact that it still remains true that they haven't won in Buffalo for years, I find fascinating, especially like last season when 
Buffalo was terrible. Yeah. So um, I, I am very curious about what other new and exciting ways the Kings can surprise us by reminding us that they were at one point terrible as a franchise historically. Uh, but right now, today, it's the fact that they only one other time in their history managed to win the first three games of the road. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday, December 12th, the Kings are at the Sabres, or at the Buffalo Sabres. Place. We'll see if they can do it. We'll see if it can happen. I mean, the Sabres actually have some better players, so it might be more challenging, which maybe that'll make it more worthwhile for them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll actually, like, step it up a little bit and not think that it's, not that I think that they're going to, you know, take a seat, like, take a back seat and be like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. But, you know, maybe put a little bit more effort, a little more oomph into playing the Sabres yeah. this year. I'll, although I guess I can't, like, fault them too much because, like, last season, I think they got shut out. And so, like, Enroth had just played really well. Um, and then the year before, it was in Buffalo where Jonathan Quick got injured. And then Ben Scrivens came in late and they lost in overtime. So... It's it's just been it's just one of those weird things, <laughs> but I hope I hope they manage to win in Buffalo, which has apparently been a challenge for them. That's like such a weird um, game to circle on your calendar, because like I, I'm <laughs> yeah. seriously just like noting it on my calendar now, being like this is a game to watch for. It's like really uh-huh. a mid December game against the with the Kings versus the Sabers. The but, Sabers, well, yes, yeah, a lot's riding no, on I mean, it. The the bonus thing is like now it's like will they let Jack Jack Eichel score some kind of highlight reel goal on them, or will Jonathan Quick save it again? It'd be amazing if he had like two crazy ridiculous saves against both Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel in the same season. <laughs> that would be great. I love the narratives that we just write as in like what we really wish would happen. Like if he just also had <laughs> yeah. a late third period save against Jack Eichel. <laughs> I'm glad that we can make the debut of these two really exciting dynamic rookies all about the (laughs) Los Angeles Kings and what they do. That's amazing. It's not like Uh, we're homers or anything. Two two people that have a podcast about the Kings. We're super fair and um, really invested in remaining objective. No, we're invested in the Kings looking really good. I don't know. Are there other teams that you're watching? I guess, I mean, I don't know if you have an answer for this, but are there players on other teams so far this season that have been really fun to watch, non-Kings players? Um, I'm still delighted by Jamie Benn and his continued successes. Mm-hmm. Um, that is still very nice. Um, I can't think of anything at the moment. I'm sure you've got something you want to... Someone you got to mention? I don't, I don't actually know if I have one particular person thus far because like all of my favorites are like Phil Kessel has scored some but not a whole lot and uh I mean I think you know we've already talked about like Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel I find both of them really interesting um I continue to watch the Tampa Bay Lightning and I find them really fun but like I mean everybody knows about like the triplets and whatnot so it's not even like I don't think I've seen a whole lot of new people who I'm excited about with maybe the exception of like Max Domi who um has been really fun for Arizona so far especially since Arizona has actually been doing pretty well um yeah except for they got shut out six nothing today by the Boston Bruins okay well that was unfortunate but (laughs) (laughs) but beyond that uh better than I'm pretty sure everyone had them at the bottom 
yeah like of the division and at least for you know the people that we know just as the like the the 30th team in the nhl for a lot of the you know predictions and things like that but um they're doing all right to start at least yeah so yeah i don't know if i have any any one specific person i mean i'm also always still like delighted by johnny gaudreau and stuff i think there are just a lot of really exciting young players that have come into the league in the last few years and it's cool to see the ones who were who were new um come into their own a little bit more at the same time you've got so-called generational players coming into you know like buffalo and the oilers and even um with Max Domi, and then, like, everybody's sort of anticipating if Arizona stays terrible, the likelihood that they'll get Austin Matthews, who continues to be, like, great overseas. Like, I just think there's a, a cluster of super exciting young guys in the league the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, so that's true. It, it's very exciting to watch them score amazing goals or reach their own personal milestones um, or exceed expectations of, you know, whatever everyone was hoping for them, as long as they mm-hmm. don't do it uh, while they're playing the Kings. Yeah. Like, like it was cool. Um, I went to the Hurricanes game, and they have Noah Hannafin, who was just drafted, who was another, like, really young dude who's expected to be great. And um, it was cool to sort of see him up close and watch him play. And he's, he's fun, and I'm excited to see how he develops. So looking like exciting times ahead for the NHL, despite the fact that all the scoring is lacking and weird from <laughs> veteran players so far. Still plenty to, to look forward to. I feel like it's like the turning of the tide or, like, the the what is it the changing of the guard or something like that um just as all of these youngins are being like yeah now's my time to shine except for like yager who's still scoring a bunch of goals too (laughs) except now he's injured so yeah Uh, and like ovechkin like oh yeah that's true remains amazing so so, um but yeah i think that's i think that's kind of where i'm at i am excited to see if there's anybody that just sort of takes that top spot in my heart where I'm like, this is my non-favorite non-Kings player to watch this season. We'll see if it gets to that point. Or if we're just going to be all Kings all the time. I mean, honestly, the player who has stolen my heart the most is Tyler Toffoli, so... (laughs) And he happens to be on my favorite team. I'm just lucky that way. (laughs) Not everyone else is that lucky. (laughs) You're not going to look a gift horse in the mouth if you have, like, a really good awesome player and they just happen to be on your team you know yeah i'm not gonna you know go looking for too much more right now um but yeah that's what it is i guess we should wrap this up we've already been talking for like an hour so any parting words from you before we get out of here um i just more of the same i guess it's the same parting words from last time because the kings are winning then and they're winning now and i just want more of this um i'd like uh more diverse scoring but I would also like Tyler Toffoli to just, like, take over and, like, lead the league in goals again. That would be fine, too. Is that, like, your wish for the next, like, by the next time we record? Like, last time it was five goals. Do you want Tyler Toffoli to be the leading goal scorer in the NHL by the next time we record? Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly what I want. He's just one behind right now. He can do it. Um, Because of stupid Jamie Benn, um, who I just, (laughs) (laughs) like, who I just was like, oh, I love him. But um, stupid Jamie Benn is currently leading the <laughs> NHL in goals, and I would like Tyler Toffoli to bypass him. Um, and I totally think it's possible. And if it has to be because Tyler Toffoli leads for, like, half a second, I'm like, Chanel, we've got to record right now so that it's true. <laughs> right. So be it. <laughs> Just for that moment, yeah, on a technicality, it's all, it still counts, whatever. I would like to see Dustin Brown score a goal. That's what well, I want. That would be amazing. That would be 
very cool to see. I feel like he's earned it, so <laughs> he really has. Yeah, give us a round of gold. Uh, yeah, I think that's doable. I, totally accomplishable things. So let's see, who are the kings seeing next? The kings are seeing the predators um, on Halloween, and uh, the Blackhawks. Oh, boo. Um, on Monday, and then the Blues on Tuesday. Right. I believe right now, randomly, that the Kings and the Blackhawks Black Hawks have the same record. And are, like, the Blackhawks have, like, a plus three goal differential. The Kings are plus two now. Anyway, so they're pretty close. So that could be a weird game. Um, the Preds, they have had some weird games. There was, of course, that ridiculous high-scoring game that almost never happens but did last season. Um, and the blues seem kind of messy. I can't tell if they're bad or good. They just seem kind of messy from the little bit that I've eyed them so far this season. So we could have some fun, weird times ahead. And I hope that the Kings win all of those games. I do, <laughs> I too. By the, by the next time we record, maybe the Kings have an opportunity to go 10, 10, 10 wins in a row themselves. What's the um, largest number of what's like the win streak for the Kings right now? I mean, their record. The Kings' longest win streak is nine games. So if they win those next three, they're at six wins now. If they win the next three, they will have tied the franchise's longest win streak of nine games and have an opportunity to go for the 10. I would really like that to be a reality. They got close last season. They went on that eight-game win streak that I think was eventually ended in Ottawa. Um, so let's match the eight, get to the nine to tie the franchise record, and then go for ten. That would be pretty fun. We got some lofty goals, yeah, okay. the Kings, in this next week. <laughs> so hopefully they can uh, they can do that. Um, if they do win, the, not to like look too far ahead, if they do win the next three and then are tied um, – at the franchise record. Uh, the next game they play is against the Blue Jackets, and that could either bode well or oh, awful. No. <laughs> Can you imagine if they have the opportunity to go for 10 straight wins and then they lose to the Blue Jackets? That's what I'm so afraid about. I'm so worried about that right now. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, hopefully if they do up, go up a against the Blue Jackets, they just win. But um, it would be pretty funny. It would be very Kingsy if they got to that opportunity and then lost. Um, I mean, that's kind of almost like the Canadians winning against a bunch of teams and then losing to the Canucks. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. All right. Um, we should wrap it up, do the ending spiel. Uh, Twitter, T-H-X-B-U-D. Talk to us there. We tweet constantly. Uh, email us, chirp at thanksbud.com. We love the emails. Facebook, which I got to remember to update, but it exists and we will try to be better at it. I think that's all. Take care of yourselves, friends. Be good to each other. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye, everyone. Have an excellent Halloween, everyone. And see you next week. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about Halloween costumes because the Kings haven't done any Halloween partying. But hopefully we see some of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye.